Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how you doing? I'm good. Just received an email um, from Amazon saying that um, uh, I think the 13th and the 40th of October is Prime Day. So I'm going to, I'm currently stroking my credit card and apologising <laughs> to the horrible things I'm going to do to it. Um, and you can say... Pete, what about the corporation tax? Amazon is, you know, evil company. Yes, they are, but they do have a lot of electronics I want to buy. So there's that, isn't there? Um, I am broadly anti-capitalist until there's an opportunity to buy a Roomba for 100 quid. So, you know. (laughs) A Roomba? One of the uh, robotic vacuum cleaners. Why? Yeah, I really want a rob- robotic uh, vacuum cleaner um, because I am uh, interestingly lazy, Chris. Until late, mind you, though, is there a Roomba that could do stairs? When are they going to do? When they? When are? Um, when, what's that company that does Boston Dynamics? When are Boston oh. Dynamics going to produce a Hoover that can climb up the uh, climb up the spot stairs the and move up stuff? Crack out, yes, spot the dog. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> nice one. Yeah. That is a bizarre purchase. I mean, I've just been on Amazon buying less interesting things. I bought like four hard drives. Woo hey! And the reason I bought four hard drives is because I'm gearing up for Journey Across Japan to escape to Mount Fuji, which unfortunately oh. you can't join this time because you're not here. No, that's sad. You, you were ch- yeah. <laughs> and that is the real crime. That is the real crime that I can't join you because I think I've spoken on more than one occasions. I, I do actually fancy um, climbing Mount Fuji. Probably, mm. the, probably the greatest time to do it would be. This year or next year, presumably, Chris, because um, I suppose there'll be fewer people actually climbing Mount Fuji. Am I right? Well, there's nobody climbing Mount Fuji. Don't you remember we did a podcast on this where they closed down the whole yeah, mountain no. for like the next year? So nobody, yeah, so nobody at all. So how are you, you going to go so near? Why, it? why are you barriers. doing this whole thing? Why are you doing this well, whole thing? Cli- then? Are not, you going to sneak? I'm not climbing. <laughs> He's going to look at it. He's going to look, look at it. That's right. Don't okay, ruin Jenny across Japan, too. You've made it sound <laughs> rubbish now. <laughs> you're just gonna look at a mountain. This is why don't you call the whole thing? Chris look. Chris drives across Japan to look at a mountain. Chris, I'll send you Chris a picture. Drives <laughs> across Japan to look at a mountain. You've just destroyed yeah. all my enthusiasm for the new Jenny. Google Japan. image it. 
<laughs> well, I mean, uh, I've never. I really look forward to these videos. Well, I've I've never seen Mount Fuji very well. Like I, I remember before Journey Across Japan, I went to do a test run with Charlotte for the series, and we were supposed to, we were there like two or three days, and we saw nothing. Um, and that mm. was kind of rubbish because all the money we'd spent to get there was wasted, and we took like a team of people. It was awful. And um, so I thought this time, finally, going to go and look at it. Um, so got this journey across Japan, Escape to Mount Fuji will take place over like a six-day period. And it's myself, uh, Dr. Jelly, Joey the Anime Man himself, and uh, hey. and potentially Natsuki. We're trying to see if he can join for a day or two, but he's a busy man. He's got beauty salons to run. But hopefully we can get him on board for a little bit. That would be cool. Um, but, uh, yeah, and that is what's happening. But you've, you've ruined it now. Uh, i ruined it now. It's fine. Absolutely we, fine. People still watch we, it. We're going to get the videos just us going to be looking at Mount Fuji for five days and just looking. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I hope we see it though. I'll, I'll cry if we don't. That'll be the la- the last video of the series, just me crying. Like, not again. Why? <laughs> <laughs> Stupid mountain. Sucks. Yeah. It, is it? Is it? Is it like um, a time of the year where? Um, so outside a rainy season, you're probably um, more likely to be able to see it mm. from further away. Is that a situation that that, that, that takes place? Like d- choosing the the fall, the autumn, uh, to go and look at it is probably a better better shout because the skies are a little clearer, no? Absolutely. We certainly think so, right? I think October is mm. the best, one of the best months of the year to see it because September you've got like rain and typhoons and despair. October's kind of just a nothing really happens month. And mm. I think that's our best chance. And also in the morning, if you get up early in the morning, you can see it. But unfortunately, I don't get out of bed till like 10 o'clock. So that is going to be impossible, <laughs> even on the road trip. Um, but hopefully we'll see it. We're going to be in the neighbourhood of Mount Fuji for at least three days. So if we don't see it, then it'll be like an act of God, and I'll know that God just doesn't want me to to see Mount Fuji for whatever reason. <laughs> Punishment. Oh, Punishment. fun! Yeah. What, looking forward uh, to that. What what uh, cameras are you going to be sticking to the screens? What mics are you going to be using? I'm, I, I want to talk tech, Chris. What what little in car modifications are you going to make? We're going to have cup holders that can carry <gasps> lots and lots of coffee. We've got GoPro. Nice. We've got GoPro, the new GoPro 956. There's so many damn GoPros, isn't there? But it's got like a, a screen on the front now, so you can actually see if you're filming yourself, you can see what's going on. Oh. But boring tech point here, because it's got a bigger, it's got more megapixels, right? I think it's like 20 megapixels mm. or something else. It's got, could do 5K. Right. It means that it doesn't yeah. handle low light at all well. It gets really noisy and pixely and horrible. So I'm not overly enthusiastic about it. But we do have the cinema camera, the Panasonic S1H, and so that'll look good. But we're trying to film it. I'm trying to film it all in 4K or higher, like 6K, 5K, um, because we've, I've never had any 4K videos. And I feel like we're going to go through some magical, beautiful places on our hit list and um, it'd be a shame not to do it in 4k right i want to feel like viewers who couldn't come to japan this year uh like many of you guys listening or yourself pete can feel like you can still mm. see and enjoy a bit of japan from home from the comfort of your own sofa a bit like the original journey across japan so it's basically you, a charity recently- it's basically charity work <clears throat> it is charity. yes it's an outreach program for for fallen youth problematic youth like Absolutely. me who misses who misses japan i very much <laughs> enjoyed your little video that you um 
<laughs> fallen into disrepute, disrepair, um, as in aging. Um, I very much enjoyed your 4K um, scene that you, I think you set up like a tripod in a rice field, a paddy field, and, and um, you filmed a 4K bit of footage of like ASMR, an hour's worth of, uh, of footage, mm. just, just for people to stick on like a roaring fire at Christmas on the telly. Like a roaring fire, I like that. Yeah, I, um, you know, I there's a there was a scene on the driving video I did back in August that I really liked, and I wanted to kind of turn that into a thirty minute therapeutic ambient video, um, mm. and it turned out pretty well. A lot of people liked it. A lot of people just put it on the background, including myself, to stay sane while I'm indoors editing. Did you see the cyberpunk like eighties cyberpunk star video? I put out. I did indeed with your friend wearing a wearing a face mask, looking very moody. He, he definitely did a better job of the cyberpunk feel than I did walking around. <laughs> oh um, yeah, from Bori. <laughs> Forgot about your one. You were the front runner, weren't you? In our Osaka video. Yeah, that was good. That. Yeah, I was very much the uh, the, the Kurosawa who uh, who gave so the much Kurosawa. to Western cinema. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. Um, we now turn our attention to story of the week, uh, stories you guys have sent in from your experiences in Japan. And we've got one from Alex from California. He says, hi, guys. Been an avid listener to the podcast since the very first episode. I wanted to share with you the story of my very first day in Japan, which I still remember clearly, despite it being many years ago, simply because of how awkward it was. After spending a year in China, I decided to take a quick trip to Japan before going back home. Now, this is before everyone had unlimited data on their phone, and since I wasn't sure if my Chinese phone card was going to work in Japan, I printed out a screenshot from Google Maps with the address of my hotel. After spending about two weeks studying some rudimentary Japanese, I arrived in Tokyo. I took the subway and quickly managed to find the street my hotel was supposed to be on. However, after looking for at least 20 minutes, I realised there must be some mistake on Google Maps because I could not find the hotel, despite being at the right place on the map. After a while, I decided I had to ask someone for help. Living in China, it taught me that it's usually best to ask younger people because many of them can at least speak a little bit of English. So I approached this young woman who must have been in her late teens or early 20s. I quickly realised that she didn't speak English, so I tried to explain my situation in Japanese. That's impressive, isn't it? Two weeks learning the language, and here he is trying Mm. to speak. Um, Judging by the horrified look on her face, I deduced that uh, she did not know the hotel and was not used to speaking to foreigners. At this point, a middle-aged lady, a middle-aged Japanese lady who was walking past, came to my rescue. She could speak English, and uh, after talking to the other Japanese woman, she showed me the way to the hotel. She then explained to me that the reason why the poor Japanese girl looked absolutely terrified was that she was under the impression that I was inviting her back to my hotel room. Oh, God, not again, like last week, all over again. (laughs) To this day... I still don't know how she came to that conclusion, given that I did just show her my map printout and was carrying luggage. Um, So I definitely must have looked like a confused and lost tourist. After that awkward encounter, the rest of my trip went great, and I can't wait to go back after this whole pandemic situation is over. All the best, Alex from California. That is very similar to last week's story. We had a story from um, someone who had come over to Osaka, and they looked at a girl, and then the girl followed them back to their their apartment with their girlfriend in it and that was awkward what is going on <laughs> yeah any any theories high risk maneuvers yeah high risk maneuvers I, i'm so glad the older lady um kind of cleared up the situation with the younger woman because that would just upset me terribly <laughs> i mean i mean like you're going straight to the airport and that is your first idea hello how are you <laughs> want to come back with me terrible awful wonderful what a great story 
It's shocking, isn't it? I can't believe that. I mean, it no, really I've is. never heard anything happen like that before. I, to be honest, my theory is the middle-aged Japanese lady was just making up a false assumption there. Um, you reckon? It's, okay. I think so. I mean, I've I've had horrified looks on faces when I've asked people for help. Sometimes you do get um, a lot of people, often teenagers or people who are in their twenties, who are quite shy and awkward, and you'll be like, "Sorry, I'm asking you help me," and they'll be like, "Hey, what can I?" And they'll panic and get scared. Um, so that's probably more likely. I mean, yeah, I guess so. that's that's more likely than someone going, "Oh, he must want me to go back to his hotel room." Look at him holding that paper map and his and his wheel, his, his bloody suitcase. Ridiculous. Um, but at least Alex found sanctuary, got home, got to his hotel room yeah. after all. Well done. Um, and the police this week, were not involved. Exactly. God, can you imagine that on your first day of the trip, being arrested? Well, this for got, this, yeah, this has gone terribly. So because Pete Donaldson was away. Uh, last week and uh, having the time of his life splashing about somewhere the fax machine has piled up with comments questions stories you guys have sent in so this week it is a fax machine fax machine special uh, what do we got in the fax machine Miss Dawson what's our first one well our first fax comes from uh, Leah hello Leah uh, Leah's from New Orleans uh, Louisiana one of my favorite places in the whole wide world um, listening to your podcast is my listening to your podcast is my favorite way to distract myself from the horrors of my daily runs um, <laughs> wow uh, I wanted to tell you a weird story about when I used to live in Gunma uh, it was my first week before leaving to come back to the US, and I woke up, uh, woke up early one morning uh, to exercise at a nearby park. I did this almost every day, so it was a pretty common routine. When I arrived, I noticed there were two or three seniors there, uh, which was unusual, but I ignored them and kept exercising. After about 10 minutes, I looked up and found myself completely surrounded by elderly Japanese people in high-waisted exercise outfits. One of them, who could speak a little bit of English, walked up to me and asked if I wanted to join. So I did. As you can imagine, I was a bit out of place because I was a foreigner, and I was the only person under 60. I uh, clumsily went through all of the exercises and afterwards uh, they fed me red bean sweets and tea. When I told them I was from Louisiana, um, two or three of the old men started singing a weird old song uh, called Louisiana Mama. Um, the man who originally approached me asked if I would let him come back to his house to eat some okra. He had grown from his garden since he had heard that okra was pop- popular in uh, New Orleans. Uh, unfortunately, I had to decline and uh, get to work, uh, but it remains the strangest experience I've ever had in Japan. Has any, either of you ever been in, invited to join a uh, Radio uh, Taisu uh, lesson? Uh, thanks for reading. Love the podcast and the channel. Leah, Leah, what a wonderful story. Just going on for, going for a bit of a... Bit of a jog, bit of exercising with some uh, with some old people. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's a nice photo of Leah nestled between about a dozen elderly, happy-looking people, all smiling greatly. So cool. Do you, so cool. Have you heard of um, Radio Taiso before? No, like right. I mean, I presume, I presume radio is radio, so I don't Correct. know what Taiso means. Taiso means Taiso. physical exercise. Physical exercise. Ah, radio exercise. <laughs> Good and. The idea is, like, in the workplace, whether it's a school or an office, whatever, that in the morning you put on this radio Taiso and someone on the radio, like, gives you instructions, like, exercise instructions, a bit like Mr. Motivator mm. from the 90s, yeah. British TV. And uh, people just do exercises, and particularly elderly people enjoy it because it's a good little morning workout. And the idea is it gets everyone motivated. It feels a little bit socialist to me, just everyone putting on the radio, listening to this, it's like this person giving out instructions and working out, but people love it. People love it. I've only done it once, um, and it was it was all right. Wouldn't want to do it every morning, mm. but 
It's popular. I like the. Um, People love it. I, I, I've seen. I, I've sort of walked past um, building sites uh, early in the morning, and the, uh, the there's like a, 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 the the head of the um, building site is doing um, basically like a workout routine with all of the all of the blokes who work on on the building site, which is always like an interesting and weird thing to sort of witness. You're like, well, what's going on here? Yeah, they're just sort of working out. It's interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, if you, if you like Pete, if you find yourself walking around Japan, like I think it's somewhere between seven to seven a.m. to nine a.m. I'm not sure, mm. but you'll hear like "Hey, two, three, hey," like something like that, and there'll be like mm. ten people doing a, a workout in perfect synchronization, um, like star jumps and things. That is what Radio Taiso is. That is what it is. Um, we've got one from Neil. Says hi, guys. Interesting hearing Charlotte last week talk about voice coaching. Uh, did you see the BBC Netflix show Giri Haji uh, that had three of the main characters speaking Japanese and English? As it was written by an English guy, my Japanese wife was surprised how natural the Japanese dialogue sounded in home settings. Um, if you mm. saw it, what did you think about the language? Um, the show was good, apart from the dance sequence in the final episode. Keep up the good work. Neil from wet to cold London. Have you seen Giri Haji P? It's a really good show actually, no. um, on Netflix. Oh, you know what? It's, I, it, it's, um, it's got the woman out of train spotting, um, Scottish woman. Is that right? Yes. Giri Haji. Uh, it has, oh, hasn't it? Car- I can't remember. Car- she was in, um, McDonald's, Kelly McDonald, well. Karen McDonald. Kelly McDonald. Yeah. Good actress. Very good actress. Yes. Um, yeah, it's a really good show. I was a bit reluctant to watch it because I thought that can't be good. It, how's that going to work? Like the narrative is set across Tokyo and London. Um, mm. And it is really, I really, I couldn't stop watching it. I thought it was amazing. Um, they, it's really well written. If you've got Netflix or BBC, I think you can just watch it online and you won't regret it. Um, and absolutely right. Neil's right. The English was really well done, the voice coaching, because a lot of the cast, mm didn't speak English very well. Um, like don't speak it because they live in Japan and whatnot and haven't lived abroad. Um, so I don't know how they did it, but there would have been a heavy amount of voice coaching involved. A bit like Sharla um, working with the famous actress on the Godzilla movie, Shin Godzilla. Um, Sharla helped an actress who cu- couldn't speak English um, actually learn her lines and pretend to be an American. I don't know why they didn't just hire an American Japanese actress, but fair point. If you want to, it must be pretty tough. To be fair, it'd be like casting me to be a Japanese yakuza leader, and me being like, yeah. it just sound rubbish. It'd be rubbish, wouldn't it? And sort of learn, sort of learning, um, learning it kind of like syllable by syllable, almost fascinating. But really hard work. But but yeah, it would be bloody tip, bloody difficult. But um, yeah, watch Giddy Haji. It's it's really good, and um, I think it's shame and honor. Shame and honor is Giddy Haji. Good show. Check it out. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Nicole Goodman. And I'm Lauren Mishcon. In 2020, self-care can seem like yet another overwhelming job for women. Every week, we test out a new kind of self-care so you don't have to. Firstly, can we just clarify how we pronounce it? Kombucha? Kombucha. Yeah. Self-care club. Wellness road tested. So that was the first yeah. day. You know, it was just the not slipping into the complete default mode of what I normally do, which is have a go at my husband for what he hasn't done. And, you know, all of that stuff, I kind yeah. of stopped. OK, so it was more the absence of meanness rather than the projection <laughs> of kindness at this initial point. Yes. Listen now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. This week, we are testing out menstrual cups. How are you feeling? Dreading it. I know that you love to give a practice that's all about down below. I'm not interested. I've never even really thought about it since before I met you. You've that- never thought about your vagina until you met me. It doesn't get a lot of air <laughs> doesn't get a lot of air time. No, it doesn't. The Self-Care Club is a Stakhano production. Uh, we've got one here from Ben from Swansea. Whoa, Swansea. Over to you, Pete. Lovely part of the world. Hi, Pete and Chris. I've been listening through the podcast back catalogue and uh, came across the Japanese food to avoid uh, show. I would like to add one of my food experiences in Japan to the definitely give it a go list. I was uh, sparrow on a... I had... Oh, my word. I had sparrow on a skewer. What? In the Shiki uh, market. Oh, man. Um, I'm always giving it a try something new. Um, and when I saw the two glistening sparrows for about 300 yen in Kyoto, I knew I had to give them a go. The only way um, that I could describe them is kind of like a very chickeny crisp uh, smothered in a delicious tar. Um, although with a lot of tare, more, tare. More, more of a bone. <laughs> oh, tare. Oh, t- tare. I thought it was tar. <laughs> What's tare? <laughs> It's like a sticky, sweet soy sauce. It's really nice. Right, you get it on the okay. It's not tart. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm, well, maybe it came Crack from the, the tart. That's all I'm saying. Um, although with a lot more bony crunch. I'll admit, eating the head, eyes and beak took a bit of a leap of faith. Uh, definitely worth a try if you see them out and about. Um, we're hoping to return to Japan for a Christmas in Hokkaido, COVID allowing. 
Can you recommend any unusual but delicious food in Hokkaido? Uh, keep the good work, guys, and keep safe, Ben, in Swansea. Ben, um, the picture you sent of eating a sparrow uh, on a stick um, will stay with me for some time. <laughs> I mean, I wish photos were never made or invented now. I mean, that is... Ben's yeah. got like a photo of him eating... Just eating a sparrow off a stick is horrible. Like, why is this a thing? I've never seen or heard this. This isn't like some sort of local Japanese cuisine. It's literally just someone who's mental at Nishiki Market in Kyoto. He's like, I need to stand out. Let's get some sparrows and put them on some sticks. Horrible. Yeah. Disgusting. Look, the I, closest... I, 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 always, I always sort of question, like, you know, when people get very upset about I don't know, the Chinese eating strange stuff and exotic foods and stuff, you, I, I don't necessarily see a massive difference between eating cows and pigs and stuff like that um, to, to eating pretty much everything. If you're going to eat one thing, eat everything. That's what I say. Um, give me a panda. I want to eat a panda. Um, oh, God. But, yeah, I mean, the sparrow just, it just, I mean, the sparrow just doesn't look like it's got that much food on it. So, like, what, you know, it doesn't seem like, like if you've got to eat the bones as well it just seems like a waste of everyone's time and it's gonna perforate your stomach it's gonna give you an ulcer i've decided <laughs> how to get you ulcer i get a sparrow it's like that um i can't remember the bird the french bird that, that uh it's like a shameful act to eat this kind of um i think it's like a, i think it's a, a songbird um a and song the french bird. give you yeah it's like it's served in very high end it's very very gauche it's very um it's like eating veal it's, you know it's not it's not a cool thing to do anymore but um um, up until quite quite recently, there was a songbird that um, you would eat in French, really high end French French restaurants. And the and the thing to do is to put like um, like a shroud over your head so that you um, when you're eating the bird because it's shameful to eat the songbird because it's such a oh, beautiful animal. Uh, uh, you eat the songbird and um, and the bones um, jam into the t- roof of your mouth, making it bleed, oh. giving you the salt oh. salting the, the the meat effectively. Um, and yeah, again, just oh. dreadful, absolutely dreadful. Posh people are weird. <laughs> Good God! I mean, I, I think Ben should have a shroud when he's eating the bloody sparrows in Nishki Market. The, the sparrows <laughs> should come with a shroud or a blanket and stick over your face. Oh, Horrible. Do truly, me. Truly Maybe that's how they caught me. God. <laughs> uh, yeah, we got one from uh, TC. He says, "Hi guys, I'm coming to you from Hannibal, Missouri. Hannibal, Hannibal." That's amazing. That's I want to live there. It sounds the coolest name of a town or city I've ever heard. Um, I'm an avid fan of both the podcast and the YouTube channel, have been for some time now. I wanted to let you know there's been the content on the channel um, and the outlook on living abroad that has given me the final kick I needed to apply to the next season of the JET program. I've even begun teaching myself Japanese. I do have one question, though. How uh, Have you ever gone back to the school where you taught English to visit any professors you may have had positive relationships with? Cheers, TC. Mm. Um, I finished teaching in 2015, and I think I saw everyone again two years later or one year later for an event or for like a dinner, and it was cool. It was good. It was nice to see everyone, but you know, it always feels a bit weird going back to somewhere, I find, that you've moved on from. It feels a bit depressing uh, and certainly in japan every march the academic year in japan ends in march right whereas mm. it ends in uh, july for us um yeah. teachers in japan get moved around every single year across different schools around their respective prefectures so a lot of teachers i work with had already gone like one year after i'd uh, went back to it so that was a little bit sad but yeah i mean i've seen a few and it's nice to catch up with them but not in the last two or three years and i don't intend to 
go back to the school now and be like, hey, it's me. Because they'll be like, who are you? We, we never work with you. We don't know who you are. Why are you here? We see so many people every year. We see so many new jet people every year. I, I'm there in spirit and spirit alone. Mm. But best of luck to you, uh, TC. Um, I hope you make Fun. it onto the jet program and teach the, the good students of Japan about Hannibal in Missouri. What a great town. <laughs> I'm going there. Indeed. Indeed. Um, we got a message from uh, Mark. Shall I get on? Shall I go on Marky Mark's one? Begin. 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 Thank you. <laughs> Hi, Chris Beats. Love the podcast and now I can enjoy it twice a week. Rejoice. Uh, my fiance, my fiance, my fiance, and I, uh, my fiance. It's like when uh, people pronounce um, French football as like uh, in a really weird way. My fiance. Uh, and I had uh, booked a good career and had been looking forward to it for months. We were due to go in March and the dreaded cor- coronavirus hit. So much planning and researching wasted. Arg, it won't be wasted, surely, Mark. Um, we've always loved the look of both Japan and Korea. And still intend to go to both as soon as this is all over with. Uh, as you have both uh, been to both places, what are the best bits of both places? Any tips or recommendations? And how different are the cultures in general? Marky Marks. Oh, well, I remember we did a podcast on this about two years ago because both you and I went to Korea in the space mm. of the same month, didn't we? Separate trips. Yes. You got stuck on an island yeah. and I got drunk and did silly things in Seoul. Um, but from what I remember, Seoul has got like... Such a good nightlife. I mean, t- Tokyo's nightlife is a little bit, meh. It's, it's good, but it's not as dynamic and fun. Like in Seoul, people are like drinking out in the streets, chilling, having fun. Whereas Japan, the streets are kind of empty and barren and all the fun happens behind closed doors, right? Um, mm. I like the food in Seoul. I think Japan's food's a little bit more diverse, but I'm sure people will say that's wrong. But I did like the barbecues and the cheese fondue of Korea. I remember that very fondly, too fondly, admittedly. Um, but no, I feel like the nightlife was better in Seoul than it was in Tokyo. That's those are my thoughts. What about you, Pete? Thoughts? Yeah, I probably agree. To be honest, I mean, I would, um, I would sort of suggest never going to Jeju during June because, um, or never going anywhere uh, in June because it's too bloody hot. Jeju in June, um, it's so bloody hot. I had a bit of a. I had an episode uh, on a day where I was in um, a very hot uh, Jeju, like an island. It's like the island off the off the coast of uh, of Korea. Mm. Um, it's where all the Koreans um, fly to 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 their uh, holiday destinations. And uh, yeah, we we're in Airbnb um, close to the center, and and we went to the beach, and I couldn't find a taxi back, and I was covered in um, <laughs> Korean hot wings sauce, and I was uh, losing my mind a little bit, just a little bit, just losing my goddamn mind. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah, the food is really spicy, isn't it? The wings, the mm. sauce, the red, like, ah, oh, burnt my mouth out on some really cheap, like, pot noodle, cup noodle style thing. Um, right. It, like, just set my mouth on fire. I was crying after trying it. It was like, this is a little bit spicy, my friend said, and I tried it and instantly crying, instantly couldn't eat ever again. Like, it's horrible. So be advised, be careful. Korean spicy food is leagues spicier than Japanese food. Um, it's pretty hard to get spicy food in Japan. But uh, yeah, I'd say Seoul, really great nightlife. Japan, maybe better for a longer trip um, to explore. But I mean, I haven't seen Korea as much, so I, I can't really say. But do go back and uh, listen to the podcast. We did have a good like hour or so, didn't we, discussing our experiences in detail. Experiences I've forgotten, given they were two years ago now, sadly. <laughs> um, got one here from Matt. Says, uh, good day, gents. Matt from Perth, Australia. Uh, love the podcast, particularly since discovering it before my wife and I spent three weeks in Japan for our honeymoon in May last year, a trip we absolutely loved. 
Um, always good to catch up on episodes while walking my husky, Chuck. Congratulations on the honeymoon, Matt, and uh, and t- mm. just having a nice husky called Chuck. That's always good. Uh, my question <laughs> is, next February, I'm turning 30, and I would love nothing more than to head back to Japan with my family. I know this depends massively on the whole pandemic situation, but let's just be optimistic, shall we? Given that I've got two brothers, I'm a bit of an adventurous type, a massive nerd, and the proud dad of what will be a one-year-old at the time. How would you spend seven to ten days gallivanting around Japan with first-time international travellers? Love the work, boys. Keep what you're doing. Kind regards, Matt. Wow, that's a big group of people. Two brothers and a one-year-old. What would you do, Pete? Wow. Where do you go with that? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't even know how to entertain that amount of people um, in where, wherever I was anyway. So I'd, I'd, how I would possibly do it, I would possibly do it in, in Japan. But I imagine like, I don't know, to, yeah, what one-year-old. I mean, there's, there's very little to entertain a one-year-old anywhere, I would say. They're, they're just entertained by bright colours and noises. So um, you can probably provide those wherever you are. Uh, I, so I, I, so the, the short answer is I haven't got a fucking clue, Matt. <laughs> walk, yeah, just walk them over Shibuya Crossing a few times and that'll, that'll certainly give <laughs> yeah. an interesting Sensory impression. Sorry, overload. <laughs> now, honestly, that is a tough one. I don't have a kid, a one-year-old kid. or any. I've just, I don't know what I would do with a kid that young in Japan, really. I mean... Mm. I would just say leave the kid at home or somewhere, but with grandparents and go with the brothers. But that is a monstrous. Is that a monstrous thing to do with a with a newborn kid? Just leave them behind. Take them to Disneyland. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what the Disneyland. politics are about that. To be honest, yeah. <laughs> Universal Studios. Um, take them to Harry Potter Land. The newly opened new Nintendo Land. It should be open around then, as well. Mm. Um, in Universal Studios, or where I think that's where it's being built, isn't it? Nintendo Land. We can demario things. That'll be cool. Um, yeah, tough one. Time Disneyland, <laughs> Disneyland, and yeah, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Any ideas? Really Any it. places though? <laughs> Any ideas? No, uh, oh God, I mean, I'm trying to think of somewhere like I mean, presumably like um, elevation is a good idea. Take them up somewhere tall. Elevation. Well, just take them up, you know, Tokyo Tower or something, take them up somewhere um, tall, let them have a look around and stuff. Because babies aren't scared of anything, are they, really? But, well, but I, mean, I mean, look, we, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of parents who are listening in. What what works with your little ones? Absolutely. And also, if you do go to Tokyo Disney, uh, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big fan of Disneyland myself, but I think kids would love it. If you nearby to Tokyo Disneyland, there is the dinosaur like robot hotel and you check in and there's big dinosaurs walking around everywhere. Your check-in staff is just like a dinosaur. Kids would love that. That is what I would take like a kid to see. And it, they'd either love it or they would cry and be very, very scared. I think I would have been terrified, <laughs> but it's just an idea. It's just an idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if we've got listeners who've brought like young kids to Japan, what do you do? Where do you take them? Um, what about a cat cafe? That could be fun. Play with the cats. Oh Yeah. I just think, I mean, one one is just very young. I, I can't figure out what. Did one year olds know what a cat is? I don't know. <laughs> you might find out they're allergic. We'll have to bring a one year old on the show and ask them. We will have, yeah, we'll have to do that. Yeah. What's a cat? Do you know what a cat is? Little baby. Dear, dear. <laughs> but yeah, let us know. Let us oh, know. No. We're, we're keen to find out what, what kids mm. do 
in Japan. Uh, we've got one here <laughs> from Neil. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. I'm Neil from Vancouver, Canada. And I must say, I'm very grateful Ooh. for the time and effort you put into sharing your experiences with others online. I say that because I love to indulge in the escapism of your glimpses of life in Japan. It's great for helping me relax at the end of the day. Speaking of that, I was wondering how openly or publicly Japanese culture and people deal with stress and anxiety. Is it common for people to share their thoughts, concerns and worries in conversation with friends and colleagues, or does the politeness culture result in these things kind of being bottled up and kept to oneself? I've been dealing with some anxiety recently, and being able to share it with friends and hearing they have problems is also a relief. Um, that is to say, I'm not alone in my worries. Many thanks for the wonderful videos and podcasts. Neil from Vancouver. Um, wow, that's an interesting question. I know, I mean, Natsuki certainly opens up about his worries, maybe a bit too much. Like every time I meet him, he's always worried about something these days to be fair it's been a bad year for him so i think that's fair enough but uh mm. for the most part yeah unless they're a very close friend like natsuki or maybe riotero people do kind of keep it to themselves or their kind of partners like their you know their wife their husband or whatnot um or very close friends but uh yeah i mean have you ever met anyone in japan that suddenly opened up to you pete told you no, I mean, I mean the, uh, I mean to be honest, like you know, Japanese society, that kind of um, collective um, culture, and the fact that the obviously the the um, the country was it was kind of closed off for a little for for a long time. And there's very little it, it being so hilly. There's very little buildable um, land or, or inhabitable uh, land uh, in the actual um, that's not farming land. So so obviously everyone sort of grew up kind of next to each other and sort of built building um, properties next to each other in the town and villages were very very uh, close-knit so people sort of learned not necessarily to express themselves not even to express a yes or no we've spoken about this before the idea mm. that um, people can't people just don't want to sort of express themselves um, uh, about their opinion and, and and you just you know you just you, you kind of um, wait until the most senior person uh, yeah, in the room expresses, expresses their opinion mm. Mm. and so and so I imagine that uh, people expressing themselves um, in, in in telling people of their anxieties and worries and troubles uh, and and just just general kind of uh, feelings that doesn't happen very often and 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 obviously suicide rates in Japan are um, pretty pretty obscene but they are getting better because people mm. are you know understanding the the, the science behind it um, certainly in this country uh, certainly Britain. We're obviously that there's big campaigns about um, how to, you know, that, that we need to express ourselves a little bit more and and you know help each other out and and that, that, that mental illness is just like you know having a, having a mental Ill, Ill health is just like having a, a broken leg or a you know or, mm -hmm. or, a, or a physical a physical disability um, at that point. So yeah, these things are treatable. Um, you know, you, you never lose them, um, but 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 these things are, are very treatable. And, and and I've I've never really experienced anyone expressing themselves in a there was, I remember, like last time I went, there was a, a girl at the bar like, crying her eyes out and stuff, and shouting oh. at everyone who would listen and stuff. Um, and 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 as you probably know, Chris, that's a very very rare um, situation is, for yeah. anyone to sort of to reach out and and and, and express any kind of displeasure um, in in how their uh, life's going is, is is incredibly incredibly rare. Well, I mean, I remember when I was having some anxiety issues at, in the workplace, like when I was in my second year. I think I was a bit burnt out and I was a bit just mm. confused as to what what I was doing, why I was, why I was here teaching students at one point. And um, yeah, I had a bad few months, but I remember speaking to teachers and they were like, you should get more sleep. And it was like, oh, cheers. It just wasn't, yeah. it just wasn't useful. Nobody really knew what to say or do because nobody yeah. 
did talk about that often um, with people. So yeah, I mean, it's not really, people don't really talk about it. And that is why it's so common. It just it's every week there's always, there's been a bad year for celebrities. A lot of celebrities have, um, mm. every week there's someone who's yes, there, taken their life and they've done it by surprise because they've had no one to turn to. I remember, I, I don't know if I mentioned this, but I did a video with, um, uh, I did a video with Riotta a few years ago with two girls from a, um, idol group called Kispy and I was, we did that like two or three years ago it was quite fun we did some game called Karata some sort of card game um, and then the other week someone messaged me saying did you know one of the girls the lead girl in the group who took part in the video actually took her life and I looked it up and Jeez. yeah she'd um, she'd uh, taken her life despite being very young I think she was mm. 17 or 18 maybe even younger at the time so that's pretty sad <sighs> and pretty sudden yeah. but uh, it's pretty common I, I, and it's a big problem here no doubt about it yeah I think the uh, I think the kind of very regimented um, K-pop and J-pop um, kind of uh, um, discipline uh, becoming like a, an idol or, 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 a, or a music star is is, is a very very um, un, unforgiving and um, unloving oh, it is, yeah. uh, place to be. Very it's regimented, very strange, very weird. But mm. I mean, one of the one of the the assets of the country is also its downfall. Right, they have this culture gum culture like do your best yeah everyone do your best mm. but often people do their best but often at, at the expense of their mental health and then you mm. know they, they break and uh yeah it's good in the sense people here are quite uh stoic and they get on with it when there's a disaster people pick themselves up and you know look forward with a sense of optimism and strength but you know it does also leave people behind because it's so ruthless you've got to be pushing mm. forwards and if you can't it's it's tough so yeah, it's a tough country, and certainly when I had issues, I was just like, "I'll keep them to myself," and I did because I didn't see any good from coming from it. Really, I didn't certainly wasn't going to go to the doctor and be like, "I'm like anxious and depressed." They'd have been like, "You should go back to the UK," and that, I thought, "Fuck, I can't <laughs> have that happen." Um, I remember yeah. talking to another friend, uh, a friend whose friend, friend of a friend, went to see like a doctor because they had some sort of uh, depression, I think. And the doctor just said, you should be happy more. And that was that was the diagnosis. That was the wow. the advice. So yeah. you put on a T-shirt. If, <laughs> it is, isn't it? So be mm. advised if you have anxiety issues. I don't feel Japan's the best country to handle to handle it. So be aware mm. of that. And I worry sometimes um, people coming here to teach English or move to Japan, see Japan as like a, a way out of maybe feeling bad. And I'm sure living in Japan and moving abroad would help, but also be advised that it comes with its own set of risks and uh, mental yeah. health issues being, in Japan are handled very, very fucking badly, to put it bluntly. Yeah. Being out of your uh, comfort zone, you've really got to be very um, secure and, and, and practice a lot of a lot of self-care. Mm. I mean, I think wherever you are in the world, but I, I, yeah, I mean, being a, a, apart from any kind of support network um, is is a risk that a, a lot of people find very, very uh, challenging. Well, you should just be happy more, Pete. Just be happy more. Yeah, you should be happy more. Oh, you Smile happy more. more. Yes, yeah, fine. Can you imagine have, that? Have a, have a little song. Have a little sing song. Have a little I, sing song. Go on in. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Pete's on the case. Yeah. Dear, oh dear. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into Abroad in Japan at podcast at gmail.com. If you've visited Japan with kids or you've had mm. mental health issues in Japan, you want to open up about your story and how that played out in Japan, whether it went badly or in a more positive way, we'd be keen to hear about that. Um, it's a big issue that mm. we'd be keen to explore further. But for now, guys, as always, many thanks for listening. We'll be back in the next few days to do it all over again. But for now, no matter where you might be, 
out in the big wide world. Thanks for listening to the podcast, and we'll see you on Wednesday or Sunday. I've lost track of what day it is. Don't know what it's day Wednesday, it is. Chris. Yes. You got it right the first time. <laughs> Typical me, eh? See you on Sunday. See you on Wednesday. See you. Oh. Idiot. Stop it. Oh. I'm stopping the show. Stop. I should be happy. Music more. playing now. Music now. <laughs>